Hello and welcome back, everybody, to the Crosspoint Church Scripture Podcast. It's your host, fellow student of Scripture, Pastor Josiah. So glad you guys have joined us today. Um, we are going to be in the Psalms today, which usually got um, a lot of you guys appreciated some of our episodes in the Psalms, and I do too. I like um, the Psalms have always been very accessible to me, and they've helped me a lot with my prayer life, and so they're always going to be special to me. But I hope you um, have your Bible in front of you, unless, of course, you're listening to us on your run or at the gym or on your way to work, in which case I'm so glad. I'm glad to be a part uh, that this podcast is a part of your life in any way. And uh, we're going to be in Psalm 25. Okay, Psalm 25, 5, and I'm going to read it um, first from the ESV version, and then we're going to look uh, above and below it to just give it some context and just see what we can get out of um, this verse for today and see where we can see Jesus in it and maybe some practical ways uh, to help us in our Christian life and following God. All right, Psalm 25, 5 in my Bible here says, lead me in your truth and teach me for you are the God of my salvation for you. I wait all the day long. Okay. One more time, lead me in your truth and teach me for you are the God of my salvation for you. I wait all the day long. All right. The first thing that um, I notice as I'm reading this is the position that it puts the person who's praying this Psalm in or how we would have to see ourselves in relation to God and, and life if we were going to pray this psalm from our heart. And I'll tell you what I mean by that. Um, this, person is in, <clears throat> this person is in a position of need. Um, I've heard it said before, and I forget by who. I didn't make it up, It's but I read it in a book, I think. Um, that prayer is for needy people. Okay? Prayer is for needy people. And the person meant that as a compliment. And I agree. Um, especially the older I get, the more experience I have with life. And maybe some of you can witness to this as well. I don't realize that I have more and more of life handled. I've realized that I have less and less of it handled. And so this, um, when we look at our, just our verse here, we see the position it puts it in. So first of all, this is being prayed by someone who needs to be led. It says, lead me in your truth and teach me. It also shows who the truth belongs to. So in our culture, you'll hear about you know, this is my truth and this is yours. And I'm not going to make some kind of a soapbox speech here, but I'll just say that in this scripture here, truth is given to God, that God is the source of truth, that God is the truth. And um, we see Jesus in that, and that Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, okay? So we come to the God of the Bible to learn from him, not to teach him or to compare, <laughs> compare our view um, with his, unless we want to do that and so that we can change. But um, talking to God here, the psalmist says, lead me in your truth and teach me. So I need to be taught and you are the truth. And why am I talking to this God? Because for you are the God of my salvation. Isn't that a great way to think about God? Sometimes we wonder, you know, what does God think about me or who is it I'm talking to and I'm praying? Well, the psalmist leads us here, says, lead me in your truth and teach me. You could say, why would he do that for me? Second line, for you are the God of my salvation. And uh, this psalmist here knew that just because he was one of the people of Israel, God's promised people. 
And on top of that, we have the promise that Jesus has fully revealed, um, as First John says, that Jesus Christ died not only for our sins, but for the sins of the whole world, that God is definitely, you know, for followers of Jesus Christ, the God of our salvation. And that should lead the way to say, why would he lead me in truth and teach me? Because look at all that he's given us. And then here's the final position for this psalm prayer, and for us as well. For you, I wait all the day long, okay? So all three of these things are true. And when we experience our Christian life as a waiting, uh, we are waiting, but we're not just waiting for something to happen. We are waiting on the Lord. And that changes it a lot. I don't know if you guys have noticed, but when you're waiting in life, it can matter a lot what you're waiting for, and it matters who you're waiting for. So all followers of Christ, this life can seem like a lot of waiting and putting up with and trying to get through. But what we know is we're not just waiting for something, we're waiting on the Lord all the day long because he is our truth and he will teach us because he is the God of our salvation, okay? So uh, what I love about this psalm is we've only read one verse, and there's a nice, you know, there's quite a bit in here to learn and ways to see ourselves. And not to mention the fact that this makes a great prayer. You know, if you're thinking, what should I pray? Sometimes I get up in the morning, I'm not sure how to get started. Well, get out Psalm 25 and 5. You know, you get on your knees in the morning, lead me in your truth and teach me. For you are the God of my salvation. For you I wait all the day long. You're off to a good start. Now let's go above it a little bit and see um, if it enriches that message uh, let's go up to verse 1. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. All right? So this is the top here tells us this psalm was written by David. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O my God, in you I trust. Let me not be put to shame. Let not my enemies exalt over me. Indeed, none who wait for you shall be put to shame. There, There's that wait again. They shall be ashamed who are wantonly treacherous. Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. All right. So I love this because already we're seeing this. It's deepening the devotion here. We're lifting up our soul, our inner, our inner person, you know, what we're made up of. We're lifting that up to the Lord because we, verse 2, trust in him. And we don't want to be put to shame, which we will if we are just on our own. Also, enemies are present here. Let not my enemies exalt over me. And then, indeed, none who wait for you shall be put to shame. So there's what we were talking about in verse 5. We are not waiting on something. We're waiting on the Lord. And that's how we know we will not be put to shame because he is faithful. It's only those who want to be treacherous, who want to get other people, who live to victimize others. Those are the ones who will be ashamed at the end of it. And I love how verse 4 um, deepens five by saying, make me to know your ways, O Lord. So it's not just hoping the Lord will pull us out of our troubles. And it's not just the truth that he's teaching us, but it's his own personal ways. I kind of imagine myself there um, as one of Jesus' disciples, because I hope that's what I am. I'm trying to learn from him. And I think about the 12 following Jesus, learning his ways. It's not even just hearing his teaching, but seeing how he lived from morning till night day after day for years. Make me to know your ways, O Lord. And that's what the Lord wants to do with us. He lives with us, in and with us by the Holy Spirit. And his word and his spirit teach us not just the information, but we learn his ways. Teach me your paths. The Lord's walking a path. He's on a way. 
and he wants us to follow him and see what his way is. In other words, he is, verse 5, leading us in his truth and teaching us. For he's the God of our salvation, and we are waiting for him all the day long. Let's go on a couple of verses to see where it takes us. Remember your mercy, O Lord, and your steadfast love, for they have been from of old. Remember not the sins of my youth or my transgressions. According to your steadfast love, remember me for the sake of your goodness, O Lord. Okay, there we have some deepening too, because sometimes we'll be praying, lead me your truth and teach me. You're the God of my salvation. And then we get reminded of all the ways that we have accidentally and purposely departed from God's ways. And we wonder, can he still work with us? Can I still know the Lord's ways if I've messed up? That's why we go right to verse 6. Remember your mercy, O Lord, and your steadfast love. It means his love doesn't change for us, even if we've been faithless to him, for they have been from of old. Remember not the sins of my youth or my transgressions. According to your steadfast love, remember me for the sake of your goodness, O Lord. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he instructs sinners in the way. <laughs> Isn't that good news? We're not this qualified. And uh, all we had to do was get down to verse uh, 8 to understand. He, God is teaching you and me not because we're good. He, we're sinners. But he instructs us in the way because he's good and upright and he's not going to change. You know? Um, verse nine, he leads the humble in what is right. He's not looking for proud people or accomplished people. He's looking for humble people. He leads the humble in what's right. And he teaches the humble his way. All the paths of the Lord are steadfast love and faithfulness for those who keep his covenant, his testimonies for your namesake. O Lord, pardon my guilt for it is great. Who is the man who fears the Lord? Him will he instruct in the way that he should choose. All right. What a great Psalm, man. I wish we had um, some more time to go on in it. Um, where do we see Jesus in these verses? This was his way. Um, unbelievably, even though he was the son of God and needed no forgiveness for his sins, he still made it a point to say that what he was doing was following whatever he saw his father doing. That, that was his, his instructions. His way of life was following exactly what his father told him to do so that Jesus would be praying, lead me in your truth and teach me for you are the God of my salvation for you. I wait all the day long. Also we see in that, pardon me, that wait, that was Jesus's take on his suffering in his life. You guys remember this. Some of you who've made your way through the gospels a few times that whenever like Pilate says, I have the power over you, whether you live or die, Jesus says, no, you don't. The father does. And when he was praying in the garden, it was like, I will go through this because nevertheless, not my will be done, but your will be done, speaking to his father. And so Jesus saw his life as well as waiting on the salvation of the Lord. And for him, he experienced that when he was resurrected from the dead and ascended into heaven. And that was a preview of what the Lord, you know, what the father promises to do for all those who follow his son. And so we get to look at what happened to Jesus, the, the God-man who put his trust in the Father, even to death, and what came from that. And so we put our trust and say, okay, this is what Jesus did. Then I put my trust in the Lord, too. Then I can expect there's going to be some suffering, some waiting, some issues and problems. But God was faithful, and even death will not stop him from being faithful to me. All right? So we got to keep that in mind. That's why those are the paths of the Lord, and that's why we look to Jesus as our example. All right. Already a little bit over time, as I, as I confessed at the beginning, I'm a big fan of the Psalms, okay? 
All right, guys. Thank you so much for being with us this new season of the Scripture Podcast, and we'll see you next episode.